Welcome to Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Confessions, the daily podcast where I share my experiences with the technology. My name is Ananda Savitri Carr, and I'm a Kundalini Yoga and Meditation teacher in Dallas, Texas. I just had the greatest experience yesterday chanting Japji. It was amazing. So I was using the second Pori of Japji, which is about patience. And here's why. I had to go shopping. It was the last Saturday before Christmas. And I think everyone knows you don't want to go shopping that close to Christmas. It's not just, it's just not going to be the best experience. There's no way around that. It was really hard to find a parking space. I had to go at the very back of the lot. So I had to walk a long way in, which I'm fine with all the walking, but my body's a little bit sore. Um, I've got something new that I'm working on and my body's just sort of wrecked. So I'm needing a lot of rest right now. I wasn't looking forward to that walk. Every step was hurting, but I did it anyway. I couldn't avoid this shopping trip. I like, I had to go in person and it was something that I need for today. So I had to go yesterday. There was just, there was no way around it. So I went and I checked out the thing I need. It fit. Everything was perfect. So I was like, okay, now I can either go and wait in the super long line that's not moving or I can order this online and come back and pick it up two hours later. And I decided that I didn't want to go home and like settle down only to leave the house again after dark at that point. So I'm like, okay, if I have to wait in this really long line that's not moving, I'm going to create the best energy in me to get through it quickly with a good attitude, right? Because it doesn't matter what you do. It's what, what is your attitude when you have to do that hard thing, right? Are you going to have a good attitude or a bad attitude? And I'm a good attitude person. I do not have patience for bad attitudes. My favorite people are the people who encourage me to have a good attitude when things suck. So I try to, you know, practice what I preach. So I start to prepare to get in line and I'm like, okay, I need patience for this. And there's a pari for that. Pari number two is for patience and stability. And I'm going to sort of explain to you how this works so you understand it better. So this verse of Jopji talks about how God is all powerful and we are all subject to God's will. So this is a tricky concept for people to understand, but I'm going to try to explain it the best that I can. Bear with me. So nobody likes it when bad things happen to them, right? It's always uncomfortable. Um, Suffering is a choice because suffering is sort of like the attitude of like doing something hard and like not enjoying it. But pain is unavoidable. Our life experience includes pain. It only becomes suffering if we're like not having a good time with it. But we can experience pain and find the pleasure in it especially by like recognizing that this pain is only going to bring me growth because that's the thing when you're doing bodybuilding this is a great example when you're trying to build new muscles what happens is you lift a weight that's really heavy and the idea is not to lift something that's super easy you want to lift like the heaviest that's possible for you so that you can only do a few repetitions and then you have failure because what you're doing is you're breaking down that muscle So you're creating all of these little tears in your muscle by lifting this super heavy thing. And then after you do your workout, you're going to go and eat lots of protein. And that protein is going to fill in those tears in your muscle and filling in those tears makes the muscle bigger. And that's how your muscles grow. So that is a very physical example of pain turning into growth. 
And it's the exact same thing mentally and spiritually, okay? So we go through mental and spiritual pain that God delivers to us. Now, it's not that God is inflicting it to us. It's more like God is allowing it to happen to us because let's face it, God is benevolent and loving and anything negative is surely from the evil one trying to keep us separate from God, right? (laughs) Because God made us, God made us to be like these incredible beings that can have a relationship with God and the evil one doesn't like that. The evil one is sort of a partner with God because the evil one opposes us and opposes God. But through that opposition, through that pain that comes to us, we achieve growth. So I like to think of it as the evil one opposes us. But if we're smart enough to see the big picture, we can see that all of that opposition is just creating micro tears in the muscles of our mental and spiritual capacity so that we can grow mentally and spiritually. You follow that? So knowing all of that, when we recognize that God is the one in control, God allows the negative things to happen to us for our growth. If we add that extra bit in, it makes it okay. If we just think, oh, God allows bad things to happen to me, that's like a piss poor attitude and no good. But if we add that extra bit about the big picture and how it's all for our benefit, all that negativity is going to be used by God for good every single time, then when we're in a negative situation, it's hard to have a bad attitude. It's like, ha ha, this bad thing is happening, but God must have a better plan because God wouldn't allow this to happen to me unless he was going to use it for my good, right? So that's what this verse is talking about. It's saying, God, you're in control. All the glory goes to you. You created me. You created all of us. You have a plan and we are all subject to your plan. And it's like giving that recognition to God has a specific effect of making us stable and patient, especially when we need stability and patience. And let me tell you, when you're in a crazy long line in a retailer, what, two days before Christmas? Yeah, you're going to need to get out of that chaos and hurriedness into just patience and stability with a good attitude. And that's what this verse does. So I've got this verse in the Gurmukhi transliteration, which means it's written out phonetically so I can read it the way that you would say it in Gurmukhi, but I have not learned Gurmukhi. Like it's a, it's, it's not a dead language because they use it in the Gurdwaras, but it's not like, it's not easy to learn by any stretch. It's a whole different alphabet. It's a whole thing, but I have it written out on my phone screen. So I'm like standing there in line with my box and my phone screen on top of it so I can read it mentally. And I know that I could mumble it, but when you're mumbling and using your tongue, like even though it activates your muscle memory and that makes it really easy to chant, it also is odd and suspicious behavior when you're out in public. (laughs) So not wanting to be odd and suspicious, I decide I'm just going to chant it mentally. And that's the thing. If you're removing the physicality of it and it's purely mental and spiritual, it is the most powerful Okay, because it's only mental and spiritual. You have to be so focused to be able to chant just mentally and spiritually like that. It's so hard though, right? That's why I recommend in class, don't chant inwardly. You're gonna be distracted. You're not gonna do it. You don't have the words in front of you. It's better to chant out loud, use the sound, use your neighbor, and you'll create the vibration in you so that you can mentally chant it later. So practice with your mouth, out loud in class, but on your own in public, you can experiment mentally and spiritually. 
So I sort of prepare myself. I'm probably going to need to do like 33 to 44 repetitions to get through this line. It's wrapped around like two lanes. You know how they set up lanes? And then all the way to the back of the store. Like it's just a crazy big line and it's not moving. But I'm in it and I'm chanting in my mind. And once I'm in the line and I start chanting in my mind, the line starts moving. Not right away, but it's like I'm going to take a step and then maybe pause for a little bit and then take two more steps and then pause a little bit. So it's it's starting to move. I'm like, okay, great. But I still think it's probably going to be 33 to 44 repetitions. I've got my counter in my hand, so I'm like discreetly counting repetitions and it's going to be fine. I'm going to get this done and I'm going to have a good attitude about it. And when I get done with the first 11, I'm like, okay, well, at least now I'm out of the store and I'm in the lanes. So I've made some progress, but I still think it's going to be like at least 22 more repetitions before I'm done. So I'm just mentally preparing myself for that. Keep chanting. So I get maybe five more repetitions in and I'm out of the first lane. I'm moving. I'm out of the second lane, I mean, and I'm moving into the first lane. So I'm like where that bend is. And the woman behind me starts talking to me. She likes something that I'm wearing. She wants to know where I got it from. So I let her know. And she's like, oh, that was already in my shopping cart. I've been wanting and thinking about that. It's so good to see it on someone in person and know it's just as cute, blah, blah, blah. So we're chatting. And then I'm like telling her, oh, and don't forget, like you need to double check the sizes. The sizes are accurate online. I had to move up a size. So make sure that you check that because, you know, the fit can be a whole thing. And if you're going to buy it online, like be careful, right? So we're just having a great time chatting it up. And I realized like, wow, I haven't been chanting these last few minutes, but the line has still been moving the whole time. And when I get back to my chanting, I only chant two more repetitions before I'm up at the front. Okay. So all this time you can hear them calling out, go to check out number seven. And then a little bit later, go to check out number four, whatever. But suddenly I'm at the front. There's two people in front of me. And in rapid fire, they call out, go to check out number three, go to check out number seven, go to check out number one. I go to check out number one. So I think that's really cool because the Kundalini Yoga technology is all about how, hey, there's only one God. Yes, each religious path has their own name for God, their own practices for how to commune with God, but ultimately, there's only one personification of God. Doesn't matter which path you use to get there, just pick one and do it, and then do the Kundalini Yoga alongside it, and you'll be set. So I'm like, okay, this is really cool. This is great. And I'm up there, and I didn't even finish 22 repetitions. Notice I had prepared myself for 33 to 44, and I didn't even get to 22. So that is just mind boggling on its own. But also the line was moving the whole time. And while I'm in the line, I had an experience with the person behind me in line, similar to the experience I was creating with God in that moment. I was telling God, hey, you are glorious. You created everything. You're amazing. I wasn't complaining about my problems. No, no, no. I was giving all the glory to God, recognizing God's power recognizing that God does good and that I'm just a part of it and I'm lucky to be there, right? And that's not unlike someone else seeing something you're wearing, complimenting you on it, asking you where you got it and trying to get that for themselves. Like that is a pretty cool experience to have, right? I don't know about you, but when someone treats me that way, when they recognize something that I have done that is really good, and let me tell you, I had researched this item that I was wearing for at least a couple of months, 
like I had found some alternatives that I was just like, mm, those aren't quite right. But this one I kept coming back to. So I knew that I had done like the work on this and someone else was recognizing it and they wanted that for them too. And I was able to give them the tips and tricks to like make it work for them the way that it worked for me, which not only made me feel good because I got to be generous, like, hey, that is the spirit of Santa Claus and Christmas, right? Having a lot and being generous with others, not being stingy and just being jovial about it, right? But I got to make her day great too. Because she had this thing in her shopping cart and she had been wanting to buy it and now she had confirmation for it. So we're just sitting there jiving in this moment of like, yay, beautiful things. And that's not unlike spending time in prayer, telling God how amazing and wonderful God is and then God wanting to help us in that moment. Because we're not complaining about the problem, are we? We're just telling God, hey, you're great. You're wonderful. Thank you. So I just, I thought that that was such a cool explanation of how these paris work, especially because if you have a religious faith, there's probably something similar to this technology in your faith, but it's probably not as quick to use. Here's an example. I grew up in a Christian church and uh, not all Christians understand this. The denominations that practice the rosary do though, because the rosary is meant to be like the book of Psalms and the book of Psalms is poetry, just like Jopji is poetry. And it has a similar effect. The only difference is the book of Psalms is 150 chapters. It's really huge. And it takes about a month to work your way through all 150 chapters, saying about five a day. So it's like, it's a lot of work to get all of that impact in. It takes a month. But Jopji contains that same energy vibration of poetry that's like problem solving that talks about the highs and the lows and the mighty glorious power of God. But you can get all that done. I mean, if you do it regular speed, it takes about 30 minutes. I can get it down to 10 minutes, but I'm like super speedy. <laughs> so to have that technology that normally would take a month to get through, if you're just straight reading it, broken down into 30 minutes is pretty cool. But the rosary, which is, I believe Catholics, Anglicans and Episcopalians practice it. Some Christians just recognize the power of it and they do it anyway. But generally it's mostly Catholics. But even the rosary to get through all 150, that's three days of reciting it. So that's about 15 minutes a day. That's 45 minutes. So that's still a little bit longer. But also you can't break it down into these 40 little verses that have effects right? So Jopji is 40 verses, but it breaks down into 40 specific troubleshooting verses that you can apply the way that I did. So I hope that makes sense. Um, it's sort of a complex concept to understand, but it's really like the energy of the word of God, whatever religious faith you practice. This is from the Sikh tradition, but to be able to break it down like that is pretty magnificent. And, um, yeah, so that's my cool job G experience that I had. Totally unexpected. Clearly a gift from God <laughs> to be able to experience that. And I've had so many things like that, but I haven't had anything quite like that since I've been podcasting. So, of course, I had to share it with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll see you again tomorrow, Christmas. I might be podcasting on the road because I will be traveling during the Amrit Vela. Funny timing, I know, but that's how it works out. So, um... Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you later. Bye.